pot party. The trippers, the grasshoppers, the hip ones, all gathered in secrecy and flying high as a kite. Hello and welcome to Trippin' Through Time, the mm. podcast where we talk about the science, culture, and history of psychoactive drugs. That's right. That's Randall. <laughs> That's I'm me. Stuart. And um, today we're talking about coffee. Yep, episode 18, baby. Episode 18. Almost at that big uh, 12. Yeah. Our podcast is legal now. Oh, God. Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. I just thought... <laughs> like, it's illegally an adult no, not I, to do anything uh, yeah, nefarious yeah. to. No, I know. I'm just saying our podcast is of age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whatever. I edit that out. I'm blushing. No, no. It was... <laughs> All right, moving right along yeah. to the uh, <laughs> um, drink session. This is the first time you've had a drink in like two weeks. I know. You had Werther's Originals. Yeah. And it's then you had been... a not even tea, you just had a tea bag. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, they don't know that though, Stuart. Oh, is that supposed to be a... Well, it's too late now. Oh, that was yeah. we, they weren't supposed to know oh, you Oh, I actually... said I was drinking. Oh, yeah. Uh, the truth is, I I was drinking it yeah, that day, you had but I had finished mm-hmm. before the podcast. It was so good. But so I have something called Puff Tart XL. Yeah, it's even uh, hard to watch you say it. <laughs> it's from uh, a place called the <laughs> Brewing Project. It's a imperial sour. It's made with mandarins, cherry, guava, and marshmallows. This is from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It looks very orange. It looks like carrot juice. Hmm. Smells very good, actually. Wow, that's wild. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. You can really taste it's got marshmallow flavor in it. You can really taste that marshmallow flavor. It's a little sour. Definitely that mandarin coming through. There's something at the end that I don't know what it is. I, don't I think e- it's that marshmallow. I don't expect it to tick up, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I mean by that, but... And it has the mouthfeel almost of a smoothie. Oh my god, Very it's thick. so thick. Jesus. That's good. I could say 8 out of 10 for me. You know what? What? As a person that is sensitive to beer taste, mm-hmm. uh, because it's so flavorful and I still am getting a little bitterness... Mm-hmm. Makes me think it probably is a high alcohol. Oh percentage. yeah, we don't know the alcohol. It doesn't say on here, so no. I was gonna drink it and then guess. Yeah, by the end of the podcast, if Stuart can't talk, we'll know it's a high alcohol. It content. does say. I just noticed this when I was reading it. Imperial sour. And imperial oh, tends to mean. Yep. So I bet it's up there. I bet because I can taste it at the end. Mm. It's very well hidden, but it's there. Hmm. I can too. Right at the end, it's that mm-hmm. kind of astringent tea. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very stringent. Mm, that's really good, though. My God, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, I would drink that. I have. Um, Damn, I've had this before. It's a Camp Clementine. Um, it's made with. Uh, it's from Two Towns, one of our good cider houses that we like. It's made with clementines and passion fruit. And you know, I don't. It doesn't explicitly say unfiltered, but I can by looking at it. No, oh, yeah, see, you can see that the it's un- unfiltered, floating around in the bottle. So that's pretty cool. Um, maybe it does. Nope, not as I know. Juicy and bright profile. Camp Clementine is an easy drinking summer cider. It is summer, although 
in <sighs> Portland, Oregon that really seems to be dropping the ball. It's been it's like raining. fifty degrees, gray, rainy, dark. It's really shitty, guys. I Portland is a and the Northwest is really cool, but eight months out of the year it's raining, and so we live for these three months. Yeah, and uh, every day God's is dropping the ball, guys. <laughs> It's yeah. Uh, get out there and make some new ones. Sit back, relax. I thought you were still memory. talking about the weather. No, I went right back to this. Just in the middle of it. Uh, and look at the f- weather forecast. I know. It's I look rain until the last two days, like sixty nine still. Yeah, like partly. We're barely breaking seventy. I mean, it's for my entire time I've lived on this planet, almost twenty six years. Yeah. yeah. It has been nice June, July, August. Yeah. Well, June, I mean, it's still spring. Yeah, but most of June? Yeah. When Usually I think June's of June, nice. I think... We hit almost 100 last time in June. Yeah. Around the same time of year. It's very good. I mean, I've had it before. It's very light, very summery. I, I feel like it doesn't fit for the occasion, but... <laughs> Oh yeah, very light. Really nice fruity. Mm-hmm. That's I, passion I think fruit. you said it's some of your favorite, one of your favorites. That's really nice. I yeah, get passion that passion fruit. It's a little sour. I like mm-hmm. the sourness. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Almost reminds me of a high wheel. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving right along. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything in the news happen? No, no. I mean, I, I got a new VR. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, I got an Oculus Quest, $400, all-in-one system. Uh, it's amazing. We're not sponsored by them, but damn, I'm uh, I'm going to get so fit playing Beat yeah. Saber. Yeah, I got tired playing Beat Saber. I'm a little bit sore still today. I play about two, two hours ago. a day. It's crazy. And I've lost 72 pounds. <laughs> and you guys don't know if I have or not because you can't see me. He has. Yep. He it really is a has. Waste. Yeah. Um. All right, shall we? Yeah, let's get into some so, coffee. So yeah, we're talking about coffee. Mm-hmm. So coffee, I d- I thought it was a lot older than or as it is. Trump would say, "Go vape." I was just thinking about that. Really? I looked that up earlier. Yeah. yeah, he never deleted that tweet. It's still there. Well, it's because he's an arrogant piece of shit. It doesn't make any sense. Well, nothing does. He tried to make a joke out of it, like he was joking. It's like, he's no, not. you've got he's fat just fingers. Dumb. Yeah. But anyway, coffee's not that old. Like, I, I imagine I was going to be reading about, like, ancient Chinese people drinking yeah, coffee. Yeah. Not the case. Not like tea. Not like tea. Not okay. like, yeah. So no one really knows where it came from or when. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a couple legends. There's there's two legends of how it came about. One is that there was a Moroccan mystic. And his name, I'm going to mess up. His name was Gothul Akbar Nuruddin Abu Al-Hassan Al-Shadhili. Wow. Can I give it a shot? Yeah. Right at the top there. Here we go. Gohul Akba Nohude about Ahasa Akshihi. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I feel like he missed a few. Is that racist? I feel like he missed a few. (laughs) Might be. He was wandering around. He was like a a dude from Saudi Arabia, I think. And he was wandering around Ethiopia in the 13th century, I think. 1200s. That's pretty old. Yeah. But not like ancient. No, no. Another sun over behind you. Look, he'll cheer you up. A little bit. 
he was wandering, <laughs> <laughs> he was wandering around Ethiopia and he saw these birds with amazing energy. He says, and that's always that's weird to me because every bird. I've never seen a bird look lethargic. Yeah, they're always flying around. Yeah. So these birds must have really been like turned. Why? What? What would you think would happen if like a hummingbird like got a hold of probably get a heart attack? Honestly, poor hummingbird. Do you know that time literally moves faster for hummingbirds? Yeah, and mice. This is crazy. Well, mice maybe a little bit, but not. They say mice. But like hummingbirds, like one twenty, heart beat, heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there resting? Yeah. I think it's more than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Look up a hummingbird heart rate. We'll pause. Oh. Wow. We're back. Guys, we just looked up how <laughs> how many beats a second I thought, for a minute. I is thought maybe it was like 240. It's it's 1,260. <laughs> That's crazy. That's amazing. I, does, I can't fathom I want to hear that. You know, would that be like even faster than that? It'd be faster than that. It'd be faster than that. That's about as fast as ha- no. I don't think we maybe we might would it would we experience that even? That's uh, one thousand two hundred sixty is about a thousand hertz, mm-hmm. right? Right. How many beats is that per second? Twenty-one. I think we can't. We can. We probably could hear. This that's really fast. But that is very fast. Wow. So maybe they're taking coffee. Anyway, oh, that hurts is wrong. I don't want to calculate it. This guy, Gothul Akbar Nurudin Abu Hassan Al Shadili. Oh, that was better. Uh, saw these birds flying around all mm-hmm. crazy, and he's like, "Why are they doing this?" So he watched them. He saw them eat these bean things, eat these berries rather. Mm-hmm. He's like, "These berries are making them go nuts." So he ate the berries, mm-hmm. and, and he started to fly. He started flying, <laughs> like and that's how bird. Red Bull was founded. <laughs> And he was like, wow, and he got really turned. He's like, these are cool. Okay. Another legend is that... I, know, a- I can't believe, like, I guess back in the day you have no psychoactive s- stimulants. So, like, something as, yeah. as weak as coffee bean could do it? Yeah, I guess so. But I feel like he wouldn't really be able to tell. But Another guy, a follower of him named um, Omar, I think, mm. was exiled from Mecca to a cave. And he was starving. So he was gonna. He tried to eat these berries he found. Mm-hmm. However, the berries were too bitter. So he roasted them to improve the flavor. But then they were too hard. So then he boiled them. Mm. And after he boiled them, he accidentally made coffee, which he then drank. And he said he was kept alive for days on this drink. Oh. And when he got I bet his shits were bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he got back to Mecca, he took this stuff with him, and everyone loved him. Loved it so much, he became a saint. Wow. The patron saint of coffee is this guy? No, I don't think Omar? so. He was, he was, <laughs> Omar, uh, the patron saint of coffee? Uh, so real quick, there's three main types of coffee. There's uh, coffee. How do you pronounce C-O-F-F-E-A? I think it's coffee. Coffee. Mm-hmm. There's coffee Liberica, Liberian coffee, which uh-huh. is grown a lot in Southeast Asia. It's not a very popular coffee strain. Mm-hmm. There's coffee Arabica. Mm, that's, that's the one, isn't it? Arabian coffee. It's one of, It might be one of the first coffee plants. Made into a drink. It was consumed by Arab scholars who wrote that it prolonged their working hours. Wow, the first uh, drug to be used as uh, performance enhancer. Mm-hmm. It was imported into Yemen and then spread throughout Egypt, Turkey, and eventually Europe in the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. Mm. Then there's coffee kenephora, also known as robusta. 
Oh, okay. And this originated around Ethiopia, and it's thought this too is thought to maybe have been one of the first coffee plants, and now it's grown all over the world. Uh, it wasn't until the 15th and 16th centuries that coffee became seriously cultivated and consumed. Uh, it was mostly on the Arabian Peninsula, and as well as areas of Egypt, Syria, and Turkey, is where it was mostly drank. And that kind of makes sense because I still think of like Turkish coffee. It's a big mm. thing, isn't it? It has a real like. I've heard it's really good. I heard. Have you seen them make it where they put put it in like the hot sand? Yeah. And then it yeah, like kind of yeah. bubbles up. Yeah, I was at a very fancy place, uh, and they were doing cheesecake it factory. Way. What? Is it a cheesecake <laughs> no, factory? Did they do that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, because that's the caliber place I go to. Yeah. I like the cheesecake factory. Mm-hmm. It's good. No, you do. Oh. Um. <laughs> you made me drive all the way out to the Washington Square Mall that yeah. one time to well, go, I had a and then I pushed you around in a wheelchair for like free cheesecake. Yeah. Push me. Why did I? Why? Your foot was hurt. Oh, eating too much cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheesecake. So with the rise of coffee came the rise of coffee houses. These were called Cave Canana. Cana. Cave Cana. Cave Cana. Cave Casa. And in these coffee houses, people would just hang out, mm-hmm. drink coffee, listen to music. Sounds a lot like today's coffee yeah. houses. Isn't that weird? I mean, we people don't... People just what chat. We, I, I, coffee shop. Shops. Coffee shop, yeah. Uh, what else is it called? A cafe, I guess. Cafe? Coffee shop. Yeah. And I think that's weird that, that it's so cool. so similar to what we do today. Yeah. The first coffee came into Europe uh, through Turkish slaves in 1565. These slaves from Turkey brought with them their coffee. And uh, this was in the island of Malta by Greece. I've heard of Malta. Mm-hmm. And the Maltese, people who live in Malta, mm-hmm. not the candy... Or the dog. Or the dog? Oh, okay. Uh, drank it. There's a candy? Sorry. Yeah, Maltese. It's like, um, I think it's like a malted milk ball. Kind of like a... So they're playing on the word Maltese is in like malt. Right. Probably. Yeah. What are those other malted milk ball things we have here? Um, what are those Whoppers. Called? Whoppers. They're like whoppers. a whopper. Ugh, I hate whoppers. They're awful. Um, The people of Malta really liked it, and it, it, it really took off, mostly amongst the wealthy people of Malta. They elite because it was a very expensive drink uh it was then brought into venice because it was the main trading port uh throughout most of europe and the venetians really took a liking to it the first venetian coffee house opened in 1645 Mm. i think it's weird that like we didn't really talk about tea houses that much popping up on tea but for some reason coffee makes people want to make a coffee house yeah it seemed like as far as i am aware it seemed like it was like a super uh, like ubiquitous thing, like just everybody had tea at their house. Yeah, I think because it's probably harder to brew coffee. I bet it so is. You have to it go is. To a place. Oh yeah. That, Whereas that you can make sense. tea just with water. Of course, right. Um, I think we solved it. Sure. I think we did. So coffee really took off. People loved coffee, uh, and it spread rapidly throughout the rest of Europe throughout the 18th century. Coffee houses were everywhere. Everyone loved it. Uh, the Netherlands was the first country in Europe to open a foreign coffee plantation in Sri Lanka in the early 1600s. Ooh, Sri Lankan coffee sounds fancy. And then the East India Trading Company, our friends, oh, the God. company, started a plantation in Ceylon in 1711. And I didn't really, this could go on, like each country kind of has its own story of 
of it, but I don't really want to get into that. So instead, I'm going to tell some, some other interesting stories about coffee. It was not popular everywhere. For example, in the Ottoman Empire in the 17th century, it was illegal. There was a guy named Sultan Murad IV, and he hated coffee. Mm. I, I mean, I'm with him. He, but he like thought people shouldn't even be drinking it. Um, he yeah. would walk around his cities disguised as a commoner, skulking <laughs> around Istanbul with a 100-pound sword. And if he saw someone drink coffee, he would cut off their head. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, the guy after Murad kind of... <laughs> I don't hate coffee that much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The guy after Murad kind of loosened things up. It was only punishable by a beating the oh. first time caught with it. The second time, Arms. you would be put into a leather bag and that bag would be sewn up and you'd be thrown into the river what <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what? i don't know why they hate coffee so much also like if it's not way down i'm just gonna be floating on top of the water yeah but you probably can't like swim right but you as water would slowly get yeah in. just Ugh. a slow awful way to, well that's what you get though for drinking coffee god uh in prussia Frederick the Great didn't like coffee because he thought people should be drinking beer instead. <laughs> Especially in the morning. I guess it was what? a thing back in the day to have a pint of beer when you wake up and yeah. people were having coffee instead and he didn't like it. What that. are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he, he thinks people should go back to drinking beer in the morning. So you want to go back to bed. Yeah. When coffee first came to Italy in the 16th century, the no or not noble, the clergymen called it satanic. Oh, probably the because devil's it came, drink. Probably because it came from, you know, the Middle East. Right. And they were racist. Yeah. And they're and like... still are. They brought it to the Pope, Pope Clement VIII. And they're like, try this nasty shit, Pope. And he tried it, and he thought it was delicious. He loved it. Oh, no. And so he said, it should be drank. Oh, shit. And then just like that, coffee popped up everywhere. Wow. They really, uh, it really shows that they really stand behind their beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next guy, King Gustav III of Sweden, was very leery of coffee. He didn't like it. He thought it was bad for mm, I don't know about this He wasn't coffee. so sure. He also didn't like tea. He didn't just dislike it. He thought it was bad for his people. Mm. He made it illegal, and he wanted to prove it. Um, oh, and I want to say, unlike the Ottomans, you wouldn't be killed. If you were caught with coffee, they would just take your cups. Oh, well, that's a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Now you have nothing to <laughs> What are you going to do now? <laughs> You can't uh, just pour it directly in your mouth. So he wanted to prove it was bad for you, so he did an experiment. In his experiment, he had he found two identical twins that were going to be put to death for murder. Whoa. Well, let's stop right there. Uh, do we know... Uh, they t- twins? <laughs> twins? They, like, did a dual murder? I think they one, both one killed person? people, yeah. How do they know who, who killed which? Oh, maybe one just did it, and they don't know which. They don't know, but they are both in prison, condemned to death. All right. Gustav came and said to them, "He will commute their sentence to only life imprisonment." Well, that's not. But the catch is, one of them has to drink three pots of coffee every day. Wow, that's excessive. The other has to drink three pots of tea mm. for the rest of their lives. And Gustav thought oh, they're going to be dead in a month because he mm-hmm. thought it was so bad for you. Right. Fortunately, Gustav was uh, assassinated in 1794, so he didn't get to see the experiment end. But both of the subjects lived very long lives. In prison. In prison, drinking. And they did it for the rest of their lives. Three pots of coffee, three pots of tea. Wow. Yeah. Now, interestingly, Sweden is the sixth largest consumer of coffee per person in the world. Hmm. 
drinking 8.2 kilograms per person per year. It's a lot of coffee. Yeah. And with that, we're going to go into some of the top drinkers. Do you know who's the number one per person per kilogram coffee drinker in the world? Mm. Say like Italy or France. It's a good guess. It's Finland. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And they drink 12 kilograms per person per year, which is what, like 30 pounds? Well, would you mean kilograms of like, is this a weight thing like beans? I would say beans, yeah. It's by beans. I don't, I'm not familiar enough with coffee to know like how much a pound of That's a lot of coffee. Like I think a normal bag is like a pound. Yeah. I just don't know how much it makes cup wise. Oh, I don't know either. Say a bag could make, I'm just going to guess, I don't know, a lot. 100 cups? Like, Sophie drinks it every day. She doesn't go through much, many bags. Really? Maybe two bags a month. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, 20, that's like 26 pounds. It's a lot of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Times no. two, 24. Yeah. 2. Point, it's 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. 2.4. Really? I'm going to look sure. it up. One pound. Wait, one kilo. How do I look it up? Uh, how many pounds in a kilogram? Pounds in kilogram. Oh, it's two point two. Yeah, bitch. Two point two oh four six two two six two. Well, it's a little. The next is uh, Norway at nine point nine, and then mostly all of Europe. You know, Denmark, Netherlands, Sweden, yada yada. The U.S. is only four kilograms per person per year. I feel like. Stat is different, probably for like how much drink beverages are consumed. Yeah, you know, like it's not that much coffee in a f- double frappe. That's true. Yeah, but people be drinking it. That's true. I would also be curious. Like, I feel like most Americans drink a lot of their coffee like as a mocha, mm. and like you know, I think people drink most like drip coffee. In black, though. Yeah. And then mix it, cream with, and mix sugar. it with cream and sugar. Yeah. yeah, but I wonder, like, in other countries, if it's just, like, how they mm. drink it. It could be. That's a good point. Um, so the production of coffee moving into the 20th century mostly is in poorer countries. And mm-hmm. they had to make something called the International Coffee Organization and the International Coffee Agreement. And this is an agreement among 42 coffee exporting countries, and it's meant to control the price of coffee in the market. And the reason they had to make this is because during World War II, everyone stopped drinking coffee. And so a lot of countries' economies was based around exporting coffee, mainly Brazil. And the United States was worried that if they crashed their economy, they'd be more sympathetic to the Nazis or the communists. So they asked Brazil to make far less coffee to drive up the price, and this actually worked. Hmm. And so it's basically like OPEC, the right. oil cartel. Yeah. So it's, you know they, they set the price of coffee and then um, have the production to, to meet that. Wow. Um, today, though, like I just said, coffee is grown in poor countries in South America, Africa, and, and Asia. And not surprisingly, the farmers aren't treated very well. Mm-hmm. Farmers typically earn only 7 to 10% of the retail price of coffee. And in Brazil, it can be less than 2%. So very, very little. Are we going to um, talk about fair trade coffee? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in order to make farming coffee economically viable, a lot of children are employed 
at little to no wages to work in coffee plantations. And this has a really damaging cycle where if the price of coffee is high, there's more incentive for parents to bring their kids in to farm because they make more money. But if the price of coffee is low, they're just poor. So either way, these kids aren't uh, being treated very well. They're not getting an education. And the education is one of the most important ways to get out of poverty. So it's kind of this perpetuating cycle of poverty through child labor. Man, I was just thinking I was bitching today, man. I know. Kids. I know. Hmm. Um, in Brazil, they did a study and they found that regions that grow coffee had child labor rates 37% higher than the national average. Whoa. And the school enrollment, this didn't seem that bad to me, was 3% lower than the national average for oh. kids. So not so bad. Um, during the harvesting season in Honduras, child workers make up 40% of the workforce. That's crazy. 40%? 40% are child laborers. And where? In Honduras. Wow. For coffee. For coffee or everything? Coffee. I feel during like the coffee it's harvesting more because the amount of t-shirts made in Honduras is amazing. Well, it's just the coffee harvesters. 40% of them are kids during I, the harvesting season. I bet season. like 90% are kids for clothes. Uh, in Kenya, child coffee workers are paid $12 a month. Okay, but is that like... That's it's, not very much okay. even for Kenya. Because it could... Oh, well. no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> $12 a month isn't good enough. Okay. There's something called... I don't know how to pronounce this word. Debt peonage. P-E-O-N-A-G-E. Let me see At the it. top there. I don't know. Peonage. <laughs> and this is something... <laughs> peonage. Not a fun thing, though. Oh, what is it? It's something that's rampant uh, all over the world, but also in coffee plantations. It's where a plantation owner will own the houses and the store oh. where you buy goods. And this plantation is usually out in the middle of nowhere. They make sure that there's no transportation coming in and out of their plantation, so the people that work there have to buy stuff from the store. Oh. And oftentimes so these credits... he doesn't credits. lose any money. And worse than that, the prices at the store and of housing are inflated, probably above what they earn per month, and they know that. Oh, my God. So these workers then go into debt, <gasps> and they have to work there to pay off their debt. So it's basically, so it's basically slavery? debt slavery. Yep. Uh, and so this is really common amongst coffee plantations, unfortunately. When do you think uh, people will realize that anything with the word plantation in it? Yeah. Not a good thing. There's never a good plantation. Is there, there's never a good plantation. Yeah. If I hear something plantation, mm. I go, uh-oh. <laughs> that can't be fun. Right? So what can you do? If you want to drink coffee, but make sure it's not from one of these horrible places. I mean, I guess I'll take a book page from the New Seasons and read their thing. It's probably like organic fair trade coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. So yeah, fair trade. Okay. Let's uh, see what it means. Fair trade is a certification that was introduced in 1988. And Whoa! The- I thought it was like 10 years ago. Mm-mm. And the aim is to give farmers a fair wage based on production. Okay. And so they also kind of try and manage the production to make sure it's not too high to bring the prices down. Okay. So they, they try and keep production levels at a point where the price is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read all through their website, and I really couldn't find anything on what they actually do other than kind of monitor markets to make sure that the price is stable. Like I didn't mm-hmm. see them saying that. They also say they give loans to farmers. Mm. Um, 
but there's nothing about like a minimum wage for the farm workers, anything like that. So I was actually kind of confused. I don't really know what fair trade means. And I, I read. I hope for, it's just not like a shitty way to make coffee more expensive, and it just goes to the people making. That's kind of my interpretation of it. Well, I'm, I might be wrong. Tweet, Email us, tweet, tweet us. At us uh, what the fuck is fair trade? Uh, Trip in time pod. Yeah. At a uh, uh, Twitter dot com. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Is that we, yeah, yeah. Twitter dot com. What do you do? I don't know. Twitter.com backslash TrippinTimePod. Will that get us there? I don't know. And tweeted us. Guys, I don't even know how to get there, so. Um, I visited. us if you know how to get to the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And tweet at us if you can't get there, too. Let, me, let us know how to. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I visited a coffee plantation in Guatemala nine years ago. Whoa. And it was run cool. by these, by Americans who bought this plantation. And their goal was to run it really well so they they paid all their workers a living wage but they said that they could not compete with the local right yeah what do you do because they said the price is so much because they pay everyone what they should be paid and the price is so much higher well that's what i would think what fair trade would do Mm -hmm. would be able to make the coffee that is fair trade not exorbitant help me with this word exorbitantly Mm -hmm. expensive Mm -hmm. right so people would buy it just because it's extra couple bucks not right twice as much right but yeah i think eh, i don't know what the solution is i think that people kind of have to buck up and realize that things can't be this cheap and ethical at the same time yeah like we can't buy even not just coffee but everything we can't buy a ten dollar t-shirt and expect it to be made ethically yeah there's a wonderful john oliver special on on clothing and trends and like Mm -hmm. h&m sells something for twelve dollars well to make something that's twelve dollars and actually is nice quality, it means that something's unethical is happening. Yep, yep. I think I've told you this before, but the there I did a presentation on um, textile mills in um, middle school. No, the country. Oh, what's the country just east of India? Stuart, <laughs> I don't know. Used to be East Pakistan. Bangladesh. Is it Bangladesh? I don't know. That's a lot of t-shirts are made there. I think it is Bangladesh. I'm looking. <laughs> if real I'm quick. right, I'm. I'm right. It's Bangladesh. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, in Bangladesh, they can tell what the popular color is based on what color their river is. Oh, I've I've heard you say yeah. that. Gosh. Uh, what so- what is like, and then on on the flip side of this. As a person that doesn't have much money, I'm incentivized to go buy that. Right, yeah. Because I don't have the money to pay extra for things. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Yeah. Like, I need to go find the cheap stuff. Yeah, me too. So, like, it's hard. Like, I, I would like to be conscious and ethical about these things. Mm-hmm. I can't afford I it. I know, it's hard to. And that's kind of the catch. thing right? most people can't afford to. Like, especially with, like, food. I can't afford to buy, like the ethically produced food all the yeah, time. Yeah, I would love to buy the eggs that are free range, and, but they're $6. And I like to tell myself, like, it's worth it and it doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. But it it adds up. Mm-hmm. My If I think about those things and go through the store in that in mind, my, yeah. my receipt will be twice as long, twice yeah. as expensive. Not twice as long, twice as expensive. <laughs> twice as long. <laughs> I bought two of everything and it's more well, expensive, believe it or not. Um, and then supply chains are just so long and complicated that it, I think it's very hard 
for the mm-hmm. whole supply chain to be clean. Mm-hmm. Like companies will do internal investigations and find that one little part of their supply chain is tainted with unethical practices and you know it, it it's very hard to manage so well, i have a little bit of yeah. sympathy for the big companies well there's also kinda. that crazy crazy thing they do now where like you know gap did it for so long it's like uh if anything's like unethical they're technically not responsible because mm-hmm. the people actually running the warehouse is been outsourced right they're like and contractors like they're contractors exactly yeah and so they assume and look the other way yeah yeah but it's it's weird because would people be because i don't know how much more you'd have to pay for a shirt that's ethical or a coffee that's ethically produced yet people will pay uh you know an, an a crazy amount more money for a status mm-hmm. that isn't produced any better or more ethically. It's still mm-hmm. cheap as shit, and it's the same thing, but they'll pay four times as much because it's yeah. Gucci. Yeah, right. So then it's like, well, I guess people can afford this. I guess so. We have to make ethics stylish. Yeah, which make is it impossible. You know, like... Yeah. It's a very... Make ethics <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Hmm. Anywho. Anyway, uh, coffee... In 2018, not done quite yet, uh, there's a, f- a coffee farm that supplies the coffee for Starbucks and Nestle. Nestle? Nestle. Nestle has coffee? I guess. Yeah, yeah they do. They yeah. own Nespresso. Mm. They own all kinds of shit. Yeah, they own half the... And um, they were found to have, this is a, how they put it, workers working in conditions analogous to slavery. Oh, analogous, huh? Yeah, which... Hmm. Well, then, would you call that slavery? <laughs> it's only analogous to mm. it. They were working 17-hour shifts <gasps> for pennies an hour, seven days a week. Can you imagine that? I can't. I just... I just... 2018? Yeah, this is in 2018. In I was in a bad mood today mm-hmm. because I was mad that I had to go to work tomorrow mm-hmm. for, your hair is crazy i know you're like goku <laughs> for and my hair's real long because of covid guys i haven't cut it in three months and i look like a crazy person um but f- to work for eight hours mm-hmm. i know and i get you get to work from home pretty too, right? well and mm-hmm. i'm working from home guys <laughs> yeah. it's freaking God, crazy i'm a piece of shit <laughs> no but it's important to know you know see these things and yeah put it perspective. in perspective mm-hmm. yeah um, so Starbucks and Nestle quickly stopped buying coffee from this plantation. And Starbucks on their website makes a big show of buying from only ethical Yeah, they do. Um, places. So maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. But coffee. It's one of, and that's just one thing. There's so many. I, and I kind of wanted to get into that just because I think it's important, especially in today. I don't know. It's a bit what? of a bummer. Just get into the. I mean, we might as well. The way it's produced and problems with it. Yeah, get into it. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean... We were in. Yeah, I, I... I think it's kind of important to realize, like, what everyday commodities are. How they're gotten. Mm-hmm. You know? And if everything is super cheap, there may be a reason why yeah. it's super cheap and we expect everything to be super we cheap do. you know I, i'd bitch if if all of a sudden coffee was 10 bucks a cup yeah 
But I also, like we said, I can't afford coffee at 10 bucks a mm-hmm. cup. But is that actually then, oh, okay, too bad, so sad? Mm-hmm. Like, like people back in the day, you know, it was a privilege to have a beer. Right. Is it, are we just like spoiled? You know, like. Right. I think so. Do we deserve to have these things? Mm-hmm. Or is it that they should be pretty damn expensive and then we only buy them every once in a while? Mm-hmm. Don't know. That's all I got on coffee. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it. Okay. That's cool. coffee. Um, uh, we'll switch gears a little bit here. And I'm going to talk about um, a little bit more about coffee, but in terms of the psychoactive properties. I'm guessing this is 8%. Yeah? yeah. Are you fucked up? <laughs> that's my. You can guess now that. No, you got to finish it before okay. you do it. Oh, you're... oh he's just going to go for it, guys. Um, but yeah, there's caffeine, uh, in coffee. That's the main psychoactive ingredient. So we're going to talk a little bit about caffeine and I'm not going to get really into like the chemistry as much, but I am going to get into some of the like interesting properties of it and interesting properties it has on neuroprotection. Everybody Mm. wants to have protect from neurodegeneration, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, caffeine turns out it's pretty good at it. Mm, so interesting. It gives you good reason to drink coffee. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk about that. Hmm. Uh, so I'm taking from an article called "Effects of Caffeine and Parkinson's Disease: From Neuroprotective Pro- Protection to the Management of Motor and Non-Motor Symptoms." Ooh, ooh. Um, this is from it's a Ru- catchy title. I know they're always so wow. sexy. Uh, this is from Marie Diaz Prodigia. From the Departamento de Pharmacologia and the Centro de Ciencias Biologicas. This is just really fun to read. And Centro de Neurociencias Aplicadas. (laughs) (laughs) Hospital Universitario. Brazil. (laughs) Oh, that's not it. There's more. Okay. Universidad Federal de Santa Catarina. UFSC. Florianopolis, SC, <laughs> Brazil. Wow, that's a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> Sounds like Greek and Spanish. And... It's a we- it is weird, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Florianopolis. Florianopolis? <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. Okay. Is that a place? It's got to be a place, right? Because then Brazil, so, yeah. right? UFSC, uh-huh. and then place SC, Brazil. Hmm. Hmm. All right, well. Yeah, so just a little bit about it. So um, I'm 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 uh, I'm actually not as prepared as I thought I'd be for this. Uh, but basically, okay. current basically, sorry, mm-hmm. I lost my place. Mm-hmm. So Parkinson's is Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what's that? Parkinson's. <laughs> Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Parkinson's disease. It's the second most common neurodegenerative disorder, affecting approximately 1% of the population. Is Alzheimer's a neurodegenerative disorder as well? Yes. Uh, So I bet Alzheimer's is the number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, because it's the second most. So classically, it's considered to be motor system disease. It's a diagnosis based on the presence of, uh, you know, these these cardinal motor signs, which is uh, tremor, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, bradykinasia which means it's like inability to move. 
It's mm. like it's it's hard to get. It's hard to initialize movement. That makes sense. Kind of makes sense, yeah. Um, a rest and a and rigidity. Is MS a neurodegenerative disease? Uh, yes, yes. Mm. Multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. It affects the myelination of your axons. Right, right. So your central nervous system. Um, so basically, it's the death of dopamine. Mer- oh boy, Jesus. Dopaminergic. <laughs> no, that's a hard word. Okay. Dopaminergic neurons mm-hmm. in the substantia nigra pars compacta. Okay. Uh, so nowadays there's considerable evidence showing that actual non-dopaminergic degeneration also occurs in other brain areas. Okay. Um, but basically the classic treatment for Parkinson's is to administer L-dopa, which is a precursor to dopamine. Uh, and it crosses, you know, they administer with carbidopa, crosses the blood brain barrier. Yes. Did you see they just cured some of Parkinson's? South Korea. Whoa, wow. I don't know. It's interesting. I just saw it on Reddit. Well, Jesus. Yeah. Well, we should talk about that. We should. I know. I, um, you keep going. Uh, that's cool. Um, but basically, it also suggests that there's other things that may help with Parkinson's, including caffeine. So uh, caffeine may improve motor deficits of Parkinson's. Because it attaches to what's called the adenosine A2A receptor. And it's an antagonist of this receptor. Um, And it actually substantially reduces the off time and dyskinesia associated with standard dopamine replacement uh, treatments. So dopamine treatments for Parkinson's work for about seven years. Mm. And then they stop working. Oh. We don't really know why. Um, mm. Part part well part of the idea is it's a neurodegenerative disorder, right? Mm-hmm. So as you go on, it gets worse and worse, and mm. so the drug just keeps on being comes less and less effective. Mm. So um, it's still really hard to actually cure. Um, but I mean, I could talk about more about caffeine, Parkinson's, but I just that was a little blip. Um, but I don't know. Do we want to get into like molecular mechanisms? This is your section. Can I just can I just stop by saying that uh, caffeine cures Parkinson's? Mm-hmm. No, End it right there. Just All right, guys. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Okay, guys, I, I don't want to bore you with this stuff. Also, I didn't read it. so. <laughs> um, but basically, there is pretty good evidence from multiple papers, actually, that mm-hmm. caffeine does have neuroprotective effects. I heard that. Um, so if you want to check it out more, go read some articles about neuroprotective effects of caffeine. But maybe it makes you feel a little less guilty taking a psychoactive drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never felt guilty taking oh, caffeine. Oh. Sophie's Sophie. Home. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Randall's done. I'm. I got a lot on my plate right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I just. I didn't. It was good. The main takeaway is coffee cures Parkinson's. <laughs> Something no, like that. Let's not say cures, but. There are neuroprotective effects of caffeine. Not it's not particular to coffee. It's, mm-hmm. 
anything that caffeine related. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does seem to be, you know, long-term effects of taking caffeine seem to help with people with Parkinson's. Or um, don't develop it as easily. Okay. But that's honestly all I have. Okay. Well, that's coffee. Interesting history. A little bit. Dangerous okay. history. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some ethics. Ethical dilemmas. Well, yeah, we delve into ethics, politics, mm-hmm. history, chemistry. Mm-hmm. What more do you want from a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. the one of the co-hosts to like, figure out what they're doing before they start One talking. of them, Clara. <laughs> Get your act together. Yeah. And that's all we got for this week. All right. Well, yeah, I hope you guys are staying safe. Mm-hmm. I hope the, the weather's pro- better where you are than and here. Shit and... Yeah. Which I think is necessary, but it's yeah. it is crazy how how uh, crazy it's been. It's crazy how crazy it is. Um, yeah, and the weather's terrible. Mm-hmm. So. All right, all right. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.